so good to finally have regular season football up and running. No more of this preseason crap. Best day of the year. Two Monday night games. Yeah. Best day of the year. True dad. Yeah. Especially when the Raiders are playing. The Raiders. Yeah. Chucky was up in the stands. He was high-fiving, doing his Chucky thing. Fans were loving it. Black hole alive and well. Yep, absolutely. Sick of these like delays though. The weather delays. Seem to be bad weather all around for like all games. You'd expect that like later in the season, you wouldn't expect it like right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crop and Gab podcast, episode four coming to you. Uh, first, we want to apologize for not getting you an episode last week. Just kind of got busy, didn't get down to recording and all that good stuff. But uh, we're back. We are ready to go. We are ready to go for episode four. So, RTG. RTG. There we go. So news came out. Uh, for a Forbes article released. They have a new number one most valuable college football team. And it kind of came as a surprise to most of us that Texas A&M dethroned Big Brother Texas in that situation. It's kind of interesting. What were your first thoughts on that, Tyler? Uh, That's impossible. There must be some mistake. (laughs) Well, top 10 came to roll out with uh, Texas A&M at number one, bringing in $148 million in revenue, profiting $107 million of it. Uh, Texas came in at number two uh, with $130 million in revenue. Pocketing eighty-seven million in profit, Michigan came in at number three with one hundred twenty-seven million in revenue, seventy-five million in profit. Alabama came in with one hundred twenty-seven million with fifty-nine million profit. Ohio State with one hundred twenty million with sixty-nine million in profit. Oklahoma with one hundred eighteen million in revenue with uh, seventy-two million in profit. Notre Dame with one hundred twelve million, pocketing seventy-two million dollars. Uh, Auburn was 112, uh, bringing in 62 million in profit. LSU with 112 million in revenue, bringing in 56 million dollars in profit. Then you got Florida rounding out the top 10 with 111 million dollars in revenue, bringing in 67 million dollars in profit. So seeing those numbers, like first thing that comes to my mind is why can't you pay these athletes? Yeah. If you've got schools that are making that much money in profit 60, like 60 70 80 million dollars a year in profit like how are these athletes not getting a chunk of it because i mean they are the reason that all these schools are getting that profit all that revenue is coming in it's like do something for the guys like i understand that they get a scholarship and their tuition is paid for but if you honestly look at the body of it a scholarship really only covers like i think like twenty five thousand dollars a year or something along the lines of that with when you got other schools like private schools like University of Southern California, it's like thirty nine thirty nine thousand for out of state tuition. It's it's a burden. So you kind of have to like obviously the schools figure out ways to get these athletes like food and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of students at school like don't eat. It's two two meals five days a week. Something right? like that, yeah. And then yeah. it's like if they ever get caught doing something that's like not by team norms, they're punished. You can't give your kid a bologna sandwich. <laughs> apparently, yeah, apparently, especially if it's from a booster, it gets a bologna sandwich. Like, come on now, like. They are under so much pressure to like to perform, and then like you just and just like in the snap of your finger, their scholarship could be gone just because they had a little mistake. So I just think that if 
schools are bringing in this m- amount of money and like, obviously not all schools across the country are bringing in this kind of like profit and stuff like that mm-hmm. but you can still be find a way to pay these guys absolutely i mean like i said 60 70 80 or in texas a&m case texas a&m's case 107 million in profit you gotta figure it out we, yeah. we have to end slave ball this is ridiculous um for football basketball all sports women's sports all college sports this is this is just asinine yeah absolutely it's crazy but uh some other news with college football they the rose bowl one of the more prestige bowls in the bowl the most prestige <laughs> they just added uh, four more members to their hall of fame uh obviously vince young as we all remember from that 06 rose bowl with usc vince young was fantastic in that game absolutely it does sti- it, it stings a little bit as a usc fan but you gotta tip your hat to Vince Young. He was a phenomenal college football player. Like even the Rose Bowl before that against Michigan, leading that comeback drive to beat Michigan by one. Uh, he should go down as probably one of the top Rose Bowl players in probably Rose Bowl history. He was a. I fan. don't think there's any way you can argue it. Absolutely, he was a fantastic football player. Uh, they've also got George Hallis, Randall McDaniel, and Pop Warner that are going to be inducted into the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. Uh, that ceremony will take place on December thirty-one. And then, obviously, the Rose Bowl is played on uh, New Year's Day. So it's going to be a really good ceremony, and I'm really excited for I'm really happy for Vince Young to get into that prestige group of prestigious Call of Fame group. Um, to continue on with more uh, college football, just kind of our first little uh, updates of the, the weekend, uh, we had uh, Clemson playing a tough road game at Texas A&M. In College Station. Yeah. The 12th man. It was it was bumping and it came down to a two point conversion. It was a very exciting game. Obviously, there's some questionable call, questionable calls like there is in probably ninety five percent of sports games. Absolutely. But uh, Clemson was able to pull it out, getting that pick in the end zone to beat Texas A and M on the road. That was a really good. I guess you could say like a confidence booster, just beating a really good when you get a nice, really good home road or not a home game, a road victory. Uh, then I, I feel like with this game, and it's not very often you say this. But I feel like this was kind of a win-win game for those two teams. Clemson came out with a win, which is what they were supposed to do, and Texas A&M went in their home home stadium, and they kind of took care of business against the number two ranked team. Oh, I know they lost, but I think that proves that Texas A&M can hang with the big dogs. Yeah, and it's not a problem. Yeah, because so, one of the reasons one of the reasons they got out of the Big Twelve was to get into the SEC, play some bigger competition. I think you've seen that accumulate and they're actually playing well against like big teams like Clemson like obviously they're an ACC top team in the ACC but they're battling like that's also probably another reason why they're number one most valuable college football team in the nation now yeah so you don't say that very often but I I really feel like that was a win-win for both of these teams yeah absolutely good 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 wins or win loss on the resume for the end of the year who knows if Texas A&M goes on a roll yeah. Maybe you can talk about them getting in the college football playoff because they have a, a good loss, which you don't necessarily hear all the time with people in the college football playoff. Yeah. So uh, Oklahoma came in rolling again on offense, beat UCLA, but unfortunately lost one of their stars in the, on the offense. Rodney Anderson, he's done for the year with an knee injury. Um, I honestly don't think it'll be that big of an impact because, I mean, Oklahoma's been rolling people so far. But, I mean, towards the end of the year, you're, like guys are going to get injured and all that good stuff. Uh Let's see if that offense can keep going. Kyler Murray's been fantastic in the first two games of the season. It's been an impressive show for him. Um, Kentucky finally ended a 31-game losing streak to the University of Florida. Um, watching the highlights of that game, it was it was crazy. Like mm-hmm. Kentucky absolutely came into Kentucky came to play. Yeah, they came out. They balled. 
Uh, Florida still kind of looks lost because you've seen, Flat. yeah, because you've seen like since Tim Tebow, they've had probably what like thirteen quarterbacks try to start for him. Oh yeah, and they've had multiple head coaches: Will Muschamp, uh, Greg McElrain, all that good stuff. It's it was finally good to see Kentucky with Mark Stoops as the head coach just get that signature win at Kentucky because I think mm-hmm. we all know Kentucky is a basketball school. I mean, that's all I've ever thought of Kentucky is it's just hundred percent, yeah, basketball school. So, Getting a big win like that, ending the 31-game win streak in Florida, that was fantastic. Like, the ending to that game was kind of bittersweet, I think. Uh, you had that quarterback drop back, and he kind of got the ball knocked out of his hand, but he still, like, in his motion of throwing, flung it forward, mm-hmm. and they called it a fumble. They reviewed it and all that stuff. That was just kind of like that stamp of approval, just like the dagger, all that good stuff. Just every – like, all the energy from the past, like, 31 games losing streak just ended and just, like, that kind of play – it's it was pretty intense. That's one of the reasons I love college football so much. Mm-hmm. Then we got a night a good showdown in the desert. We had Herm Edwards, and that's a surprise for me in the Pac-12 is Herm Edwards coming into ASU and really turning that program around, getting to, getting a signature win Bringing against Michigan. The Sun Devils back. Yeah, getting a nice win over over Michigan State. Uh, Nikhil Harry, who's who has projected to be the number one wide receiver in the two, 2019 NFL Draft. He's looked phenomenal in the first two games. Look at these stats right here, Sam. I mean, 12 receptions, 220 yards, and three touchdowns in the first two games. He's been impressive. Yeah, they didn't play a premier opponent first round, but first week of the game season. But uh, they came to play and beat Michigan State at home. That's what you need if you're building a program like Herm Edwards. Get a signature win early in your first year to really help people buy into the system at ASU. Yeah, those are uh, – those are. Uh... Julio Jones and Alabama type numbers there. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. So uh, those are some of the highlights we had over the weekend. Obviously a really good weekend of college football. We're going to jump into some week three matchups that uh, we are looking forward to. Uh, I'll start it off. Uh, my first uh, matchup that I'm really looking forward to is LSU versus Auburn. That will be at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, both offenses this year have averaged over 30 points per game, and their defenses have only have averaged uh, 13 points per game. So it's going to be a nice SEC battle. It'll be on CBS around, around noon. Uh, the it's going to be great. I'm so I'm so excited. Uh, defenses are going to come at come at each other. I think it's going to be a very physical game. You're probably going to see that point per game average drop at least a good probably ten points because it's mm-hmm. going to be a very physical game. Or you could probably see it just the points per game double in this game because it's very obvious. It can happen either way. Uh, the offenses could just roll and it could just be a nice shootout, SEC style shootout. Yeah, but uh. I'm excited. Both teams, it'll be a really nice game to watch. And then they've got uh, UW versus Utah. Uh, UW's going to come on down to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a nice Pac-12 matchup. Uh, UW's offense kind of needs to find a rhythm because uh, you saw in that first game it's Auburn. Uh, it was kind of a little rusty, had some good plays, just just didn't quite get over the hump. Then they play North Dakota, and they absolutely roll. Uh, Jake Brown has kind of thrown more interceptions than he's been prone to in the first couple games. Uh Miles Gaskin needs to get a little needs to get going. He's been held in check for the most part. Mm-hmm. The good news for UW fans is uh, Zach Moss is going to play. Zach Moss is one of the more talented running backs in the Pac-12. Very physical runner. It should be a nice matchup going forward. Then my third matchup that I'm really looking forward to is Boise State versus Oklahoma State. Absolutely. And uh, I'd have to say this is probably the first time uh, Boise State has played Oklahoma State. I honestly would have to check archives because I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, Sounds like it. It's going to be in Boone Pickett Stadium, so it's going to be a nice like road environment for Boise State because you know, you always remember watching uh, Kellen Moore and those Broncos teams. They would go anywhere to play, big time, time competition, and they would at times beat the beat the crap out of teams. Like They beat Georgia, I remember. They beat Virginia Tech. Like They won some, beat big, some big boys. Yeah, beat some big boys and really put Boise State on the map, and that was impressive. So it's really cool to see them 
continuing that trend, playing some big schools, which I think like a lot of schools that are trying to get to that like outside power five level of like dominance is what you got to do. You got to play the big boys. Absolutely. So they got high powered offense. You got our boy Brett Rippin from Spokane. Yeah. I'm going to Boone Pickens Stadium to play against the OSU. It'll it'll be a nice matchup. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so a couple games I'm looking forward to here. We got Ohio State TCU. Ohio State four TCU fifteen. Uh, that is interesting to me. A couple of undefeated teams going into this. Uh, Ohio State's favored by thirteen points, which is quite the spread. Yeah. Here's what's funny. The over-under is 59.5. Has Ohio State scored less than 59 in the first two games? <laughs> uh, they put a 77-spot in Oregon State, and yeah. then they just beat the crap out of Rutgers. Yeah. So, I mean, they've been rolling. So, I feel like 59.5 is a little low. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I like this game. I think it's going to be uh, two offenses and see who can outlast the other, maybe even come down to just who scores last sort of a thing yeah. with Ohio State TCU. Absolutely. Um, I, I think TCU absolutely has a chance in this game. I wouldn't necessarily pick them, but I, I think they could definitely make it interesting. Um, another one I'm really looking forward to, um, just the history around this game, USC-Texas. Texas is outside. A couple of one-on-one teams, a couple of teams that weren't supposed to be one-on-one right now, and I think they both have something to prove, a uh, chip on their shoulder. And uh, yeah, Texas. So right now, Texas is actually favored, three and a half points. Over under is at forty-seven. Um, I think this is going to be a bit more of a balanced game. Um, the Texas defense hasn't impressed. Well, nothing about the Texas team has impressed me that much. <laughs> but the Texas defense, especially, I thought was going to be a lot more dominant. And I'm sure you felt the same way about USC. So we'll see if we'll see if either of those teams who actually turns it on and who who actually plays the way that they were expected to play. That game's going to be in in Austin this year. So uh, part three. Yeah, yeah, make that make that nice little trilogy that Fox is so happy about. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. That'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So now we're going to go to our, our picks. Like we kind of did this the first week of the college football season, and we were both kind of very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the first ones I think I picked. Absolutely. Uh, I picked the Florida Atlantic to beat Oklahoma, and they ended up getting rolled. And I think I had uh, – uh, I can't remember who I had, but I think you had Ohio or Oregon State beating Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah, some, some rough matchups, but, I mean – we learned it from it. So my picks for my sure thing this week will be uh, Auburn beating LSU. I just think Auburn is a little bit more talented on defense, and they'll just get that W. Mm-hmm. And my upset will be Vanderbilt beating Notre Dame. Wow. Yes, Vanderbilt beat, Vanderbilt beating Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame looked pretty sloppy against Bowling Green. Uh, Brandon Wimbrush looked a little sloppy, but I mean, they got the W, and that really is all that really matters. But that can happen. He's kind of been streaky his entire career at, at Notre Dame, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Brian Kelly's obviously going to come out and want to absolutely put seventy on the board because that's kind of his been his mantra. Mm-hmm. When they lose a game, he wants to beat the next team by hundred points, yeah, easily and just dominate him. Come back. But I think it'll kind of be just kind of that time of year for Notre. It'll be a good time of the year to lose for Notre Dame because I mean, like those early season losses don't like affect as much as they do later on in the season. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt beating Notre Dame. Absolutely. Um, so, for my sure thing, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. It's I'm going to get a little crazy here, Sam. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. My sure thing is that East Carolina, Virginia Tech, 
West Virginia, North Carolina State, University of Central Florida, and North Carolina will not play a snap of football this weekend. <laughs> and that is because all three of those games have been canceled due to a hurricane on the East Coast. Got to go for the sure thing right there. So none of those teams will take a single offensive snap this weekend. That is your sure thing. Lock it and load it. Take that one to the bank. Okay? Uh, and now my upset... Now, I know we just talked about this, and Texas actually has the favorite by three and a half points, in Ve- according to Vegas. But Texas is an unranked team. USC is ranked 22. So I'm going to go ahead and take Texas as uh, my upset of the week. I think going back to Austin, I think they'll pull it together, and I don't think they lose to USC twice in a row. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that one. Uh, USC, like on offense, didn't look the part they wanted to. Uh JT Daniels was flustered towards the end of the end of the game, got hurt obviously in the beginning, so it was it was rough. Like the offense looked really predictable. Like, yeah, they threw some nice had some nice plays in that game. They moved the ball decently. Once they got into the red zone, though, the red zone offense just was absolutely abysmal. Uh, they had a couple turnovers, uh, missed like just settled for a field goal. And that was the only score on the night. Yeah. Like they went, I remember they went for it on like fourth and two, and they ran like a slow developing like deep route with nothing like no check down out of the backfield, and they got sacked and got a fumble. It was abysmal. Uh, the offensive line like absolutely looked soft. They just did not look like a five star recruited offensive line, like five stars at every position. They weren't a unit. It was bad. It was really bad. So I could, I honestly agree with you. I think USC will lose to Texas, especially in Austin, if the offense doesn't like produce at all. Like, it'll be a long day for USC in that game. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm taking Texas there. Yeah, yeah go horns for you. Welcome. <laughs> so uh, now, rounding up uh, college football, uh, very good, exciting week. So we're going to jump into the NFL after week one. And we actually got ourselves a listener question from for, in our email. So uh, for those that don't know, on Anchor, there's a section for our email. It's podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us anything you want. If you want to rant about your teams, if you want to like make bold predictions, hot takes, all that good stuff, we our ears are open for all of our listeners out there. Go Fantasy ahead. Fantasy questions. Yeah, absolutely. Anything uh, you want to talk about sports, just send them our way. We injury are, updates, anything you need. Yeah, we are more than welcome to comment on anything. So, our first listener question is from Michael Waite. Uh, it says, "Dear Crop and Gab Podcast." With Khalil Mack's trade to Chicago and the impending fall of the Raiders' defense without his presence as their anchor, we will see the Las Vegas Raiders. Will we see the Las Vegas Raiders return to their form of the past 16 years before they fooled everyone into thinking they were an okay football team? My opinion on this matter is that we can expect nothing more than a four and 12 record for, from them next season. Your opinions on this would be greatly appreciated. Love what you guys are doing. Thank you, Michael. Then he says Oracle. I'm assuming he's trying to pretend that's his middle name. White. Uh, just f- first of all, I mean, start off, uh, let us know where you guys are from when you send us in listener questions. We kind of like want to see how, like where our podcast is reaching. Like we'd love to Absolutely. hear all that good stuff. But, uh, first thought on this is I think he kind of got confused with like anchor on that first part. Cause I mean, you think an anchor of the defense more as like a interior defense line that just kind of sets the tone, absolutely. T- eats up blocks. Or maybe even a mic backer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Cl- 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 Max, obviously an outside and what do you want to call him? An outside linebacker, just, an edge rusher, just a edge, defensive end. Yeah, just an edge player, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, just kind of another thing, 4-12 and 12 return record from the next season. So I'm not sure if you're assuming 2019 season or 2018 season. But anyways, well, well, let's assume he's talking this season as yeah. in the season that we are 
in in progress, in progress right, right now. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my first thought, obviously, the Khalil Mack trade to Chicago has left a lot of Raider fans upset. I mean, Correct. he was Not jersey burning. <laughs> see, I can't get behind journey jersey burning. I really can't. I, don't, I, I, I will never, it. never, ever, ever understand it. Like what I did with my two Khalil Mack jerseys, I folded them up nice and neatly, and I put them in my closet. Like yeah. that's all you have to do. Uh-huh. That's all you have to do. Yep. Like, I, mean, I have uh, I have Sue's jersey hanging in there still. I mean, they cost you like one hundred fifty dollars. Like, why do you need to burn something like that? Like mm-hmm. for. For crying cry out back. Yeah, for crying out loud. All you can do is just like go get his autograph or something like that. Make it like a memorable thing. Like I do appreciate some of the people that do tr- make those posts though that uh they put the jersey in and then instead of burning it, they kinda like leave a note that says thank you for your time and all that stuff. That's that's kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um but like to go back to Mr. White's uh question, I don't see how this team is a four yeah. and twelve team. Are the Raiders gonna be a four and twelve team? The answer is no. Absolutely not. more than four games. Yes. The the Raiders they had a pretty bad showing on Monday night against the Rams. Yeah. Here's a couple of things, okay? Season openers can go downhill in a hurry. We saw that with the Jets and uh, the Jets in Detroit, yeah. okay? Don't tell me that the Jets are a 40-point better team than Detroit. Mm-hmm. They're not, okay? Period. So, season openers, hey, cut some slack here, guys. Yeah. Uh, second of all, you got your new coach returning, Okay. He's got to figure this thing out too. Yeah. Okay. You don't just jump back into the NFL and everything's honky dory. Yeah. Khalil Mack. I mean, he's probably the best defensive player in the game right now. Yeah. Him, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, and the healthy JJ Watt. Yeah. Maybe. Abso- absolutely. So obviously, yeah. But they got a ton in return for him over multiple drafts. Yeah. And man, you still have an elite edge rusher in bruce irving bruce irving <laughs> calling him elite there that, yeah ab- oh absolutely that guy comes off the edge like a speeding bullet now yeah. obviously it's going to hurt their defense obviously yeah. no one's saying that their defense got better by losing Khalil Mack. oh absolutely right? not that's ludicrous mm-hmm. so did they did they maybe regress a tad on defense yes yeah did they get a lot in return? Yeah, I think they really did. Are they going to be 4-12 and this year? Absolutely not. They're going to get it together. They're going to find a way to get Amari Cooper the ball. And it's hard to play in the black hole. Yeah. Okay, People don't just come in and play in the black hole. Not to mention that LA Rams team is legit. They are stacked. That is a they legit Super Bowl contending team. One of the most talented teams top to bottom in the NFL. That's not – that's no – you know, you didn't just get blown out by the Jets. Yeah. Okay? You're 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 doing fine. Yeah. You're doing fine. No, they will not be four and twelve. No, they're not going to miss Khalil Mack nearly as much as yeah. people think. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Because I mean, like their defense is composed of a lot of guys that are up in their upper thirties. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like for the first half watching that game, they played like really sound team defense. They didn't play like phenomenal defense. Like they missed opportunities to get turnovers and stuff like that. But I mean, like defenses need to gel. Like obviously in the pre- preseason, like not everybody is playing like multiple mm-hmm. series together. So it's tough to get that like cohesion, get the calls right, and all that good stuff. And then it doesn't help when you've got older guys going up against a young offense that's just running tempo, 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 yeah. tempo. Just beat them down. Like it wore them down in the second half, and they just couldn't like get stops. But I mean, it's week one of the season. You can't like hold your head too high or too low on the first week of the season because there's some teams that are still breaking in guys from preseason that didn't play or didn't co- didn't get the right cohesion. There's still there's a lot of players that just got injured, and now they're gonna have to like go back to the drawing board to get guys to replace them and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. It's a and long you, season, so I don't think that they're going to be a four and twelve team. I think they're probably going to get at least seven wins. So 
And if you believe John Gruden that he really didn't want to be there, then... Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to believe John Gruden just because Cleo Mack hasn't said anything on the matter. I know Cleo Mack tweeted out uh, a thank you to Raiders fans and that he definitely enjoyed his time in Oakland, which I'm sure he yeah. did. He had a yeah. heck of a career there so far. But if, if Mack didn't want to be there and that's what he was showing Coach Gruden, then I think this is absolutely the right call. There's yeah. no way that it's not the right call. Because, yeah. I mean, like, right now it can look like the wrong call because the defense obviously didn't get to the quarterback end of all things. John Gruden even said in his press conference uh, – we didn't get to the quarterback, and it's kind of like, uh, da da da. He had your best player not playing, but I mean, the return is going to be interesting. Like, obviously, in the short run, it looks like the wrong move trading him, but I think in the long run, if they hit on a couple drafts, it could like benefit both teams. Absolutely. Because I mean, the Bears got one of the top defensive players in the league, and they can build on top of that. And the Raiders got some tricks. Some player can get some players back that could fill in the void, not necessarily completely fill like Khalil Mack spot, but I mean, over time with drafting and all that good stuff, they could like, oh, absolutely, build something nice. Yeah. Like they got a total of uh, was it three draft picks, right? Uh, I think no, 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 four. They got two firsts, a second, and a sixth. Yes, and they gave a second, correct? Give, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you you take half of those picks and get a starting caliber DN to replace them, and you get a starting caliber, you know, corner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I'd rather have that than Khalil Mack personally. Uh, just don't draft another corner with a heart condition. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the old yeah. DJ Hayden. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, I really, honestly, I really do hope for, like, the best for Clomax. Obviously, he was one of my favorite players. Like, I remember watching him at Buffalo playing Ohio State, and he had a monster game. Like, I remember, mm-hmm. I was telling you about this when, we, uh-huh. when I first saw it, and you guys didn't really believe me. It's like, you and Josh were just like, oh, it's whatever, just one guy from a small school. And I was just like, guess what? You just became the fifth pick in the draft by getting a pick six and, like, three sacks in that game versus Ohio State, taking one to the house. It was phenomenal. And then, like, at the time, I was just like, wow, that guy's a pretty good football player. I hope he'll, like, make it to the NFL, do some good things. And all of a sudden, like, the Raiders draft him at number fifth overall pick. It's like, whoa. Holy smokes. Holy cow, I just witnessed, like, greatness, like, happen yeah. and all that good stuff. Then, like, obviously, like, owning two two of his jerseys, not just one, two, home and away. Like, for my favorite players, I got to get a home and away. I think, like, it's better to do that so you can, like, mitch match and match what they're wearing, like, on the sidelines and all that good stuff. Okay, but, all right. But, uh, I, I see you. Yeah, I really do wish Khalil Mack the best. Like, I think it's stupid that people are comparing him to, like, Albert Hainsworth. Like, yeah, some Raiders fans, like, are trying ridiculous. to say, be, like, he's going to be like Albert Hainsworth to take the money and not be nothing. One thing I know about Khalil Mack is he's never failing a conditioning test. Oh, right? God, no. Oh, God, no. That dude is in prime shape. Yeah. Like, that dude is, like, chiseled marble god, like, mm-hmm. just phenomenal body. There's no way he's going to go Albert Hainsworth's route and just take the money and just tank. Absolutely. Like, that's just insane. So, fun, final thoughts on that. Like, no way. They're going to go 4-12. and 12. I think seven wins is, is attainable for, for our team. Um, I really do appreciate the listener question, though, Mike, Mr. White. Uh, hopefully we hear from you again soon. Uh, so now we're going to jump back into some week one uh, for the NFL, like our, some of our biggest surprises. So I'll, I'll start this off. Uh, first week, the Jets. I know you mentioned it, and you're just talking like mad crap about the Jets, but, I mean, that first game was pretty impressive. Like the defense forced a lot of turnovers. Sam Darnold minus his first throw. I mean, that minus his, <laughs> minus his first throw looked pretty solid in his rookie debut. Like you can't. You can't like say what's the number one thing for a young quarterback? Don't throw across your body for any quarterback. Don't throw back. And it was just, I was just like, oh my god, this is just shades of just everything he's wrong with USC. That his time in USC just turned the ball over. Then like next thing I know, I kind of like went back to work and then turned to get back game back on and just wow, it's like thirty one to fourteen. Like you think Jets fans were having just 
terrible flashbacks of Mark Sanchez. Oh, I fumble. Oh, I believe me, they had to have been. It, it, there's no way you don't think of that. <laughs> um, so the defense balled out though. I was like really impressed. Like I saw Mo Claiborne. Some people were kind of labeling him off as just a nobody getting a nice pick. Uh, Darren Lee, third year linebacker, getting a pick six. The Jets defense totally swarmed the ball and got after Stafford. So it was nice. Uh, another surprise from the weekend was the Cleveland Browns. Oh. And you heard me in the first week, first pe- podcast episode we did. I call, I was calling it from the beginning. I was like, the Cleveland Browns are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers week one. And they didn't. They didn't. They did not lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers week one. Like, I was so amazed when I saw that, like, strip sack fumble pit interception. Schobert's running it down the sideline. The next thing is so Garrett blocks a guy in the back and they take it back. And I'm like, okay. Just make the field goal. Come on. I want to be right. I want to be right. I want to be right. And it's blocked. And it's blocked. And I was just like, oh, my God. This is just like Cleveland to a T. Like, you Talk had about crazy ending. Yes. You had the best opportunity in your life probably to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. No Lev Bell. Like, obviously, Connor tore it up still. It didn't really matter from an offensive standpoint. The Steelers still were able to run the ball effectively. Connor went off. Still able to move the ball. Antonio had a touchdown. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a nice day. But it's just like... You're so close, so close, and you just couldn't quite do it. And that's just kind of like the difference between a championship team, winning team like the Steelers. Like, obviously, they didn't win that game, but just that mindset of they were not going to lose that game and the Browns Mm -hmm. finding a way to lose it. Like, the defense forced six turnovers. So, I mean, like, the Browns should definitely win a game this year. There's no way they're not going 0-16 again. Right. So... Well, they're not going 0-16 again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe 0-15-1. But, but, yeah, it was yeah. it was heartbreaking, obviously, for Browns fans. But, I mean, like, it's honestly what they expect. Like, like this kind of happens. They just find ways to lose. They're kind of like the Chargers in that sense. Chargers are kind of cursed where they, like, their best players get hurt or they just find a way to lose games. Like, you've seen it multiple times over the years where they just have not gotten the ball rolling and getting those Ws. Yeah, absolutely. Um I guess this isn't terribly surprising. So all offseason, you know, the Buffalo Bills have been towards the bottom of depth, uh, excuse me, the bottom of uh, power rankings. You know, I don't think anyone thought the Bills were going to come out and set the world on fire. But you talk about a uh, playoff team from a year ago. Correct. They, 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 uh, first time they made the playoffs since mid-90s yeah had to be 90s they had the longest streak in the nfl i think they had the longest streak in professional sports didn't they for a while yeah something like that and so i'm not saying anyone thought that the bills were going to come out and and light it up by no means but holy smokes did they get the brake speed off of them (laughs) absolutely nobody circles the wagons like the buffalo bills but the ravens took them for an absolute ride 47 to 3 no part of that game looked at all Good for the Bills in any way, shape, or form. Josh Allen came in in the fourth quarter after things were far and away out of hand. (laughs) And he looked eh. Yeah, he looked eh. He's going to get get the start this week, so we'll Eh. see. Well, you're not starting Nathan Peterman this week, (laughs) that's for sure. Yeah, so we'll see how. I have a feeling you and me are about to get a call from the Bills real soon to try out for QB out there. Yeah, sign me up, coach. I got you. I got you. Because I mean, if if the gold standard is losing forty-seven to three, then I think I can. I don't see why I can't get back there and slang it. Yeah, slang it. Um, just holy cow, they got the brake speed off of them. And uh, this week with the, I know we're not talking about uh, week two yet, but with 
the Ravens losing to Cincinnati and Cincinnati making them look absolutely imbeciles on defense. Yeah, if you had AJ it Green, it wasn't the Ravens' defense. It was the Bills are really, really bad. Yeah, really bad. I before this gets out of hand even more, go put some money in Vegas on the Bills getting the number one pick next year because yeah. that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I truly believe like the first mock draft I think I saw the other day was Bills number one pick because it they, has to be. It has got, to be. They got schlacked. Mark my words, right now, 2019, the Buffalo Bills select Nick Bosa out of OSU. Yeah. That's going to be it. Yeah. You mark my words. Sign it Sign it up. Any other thoughts from week one of the fantasy um, we, we did have a record-breaking performance. Oh, did we? We did. Uh, a couple of teams here, the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins, had the longest game in NFL history at 7 hours and 50 minutes. Eight, with eight, two eight. lightning delays totaling 3 hours and 58 minutes of delay. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's a long time. I mean, if you paid like good money for those tickets, you kind of want to make sure you got your money's worth. So 7 hours worth of, technically 7 hours worth of football. Shout out to Matt Kegler. Our last episode, we did Fantasy Special. Yes, we did. Matt came on. He gave you guys some sleepers. If you didn't listen to him, I feel sorry for you. Kenny Stills was one of this guy's sleepers. His ADP was like, I don't even know, the 12th round, 14th round, something ridiculous. Something like that. Four receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Thank you, Matt. That's all I have to say. Listen to this guy next time we have him on. He's got good stuff for you. Yeah, definitely. And follow him at uh, dominatefantasy.com. All those guys do a lot of good work. So, I mean, shout out to those boys. Matt, thank you for... Last episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Matt. So now we're going to jump into some week two matchups that we're both excited for. Uh, Mr. Gabbard, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah. Um, I mean, top to bottom, week two is week two is great. Yeah, got some good rivalries I'm going really, on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. So Dolphins-Jets, obviously, uh, they're each other's biggest rivals. I'm looking forward to that game. I want to see if the Jets are for real. Yeah, absolutely. Are, are the Jets real or not? Yeah. Uh, helping the Dolphins uh, bounce back from that game last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that game is all about, to me, are the Jets real? Yeah, absolutely. I hope not. But <laughs> what we'll see. Yeah. Um, you got Chargers-Bills here. I mean, the Chargers' defense is by no means an elite defense, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Um, they've had some injuries this offseason with Verrett. Um Hunter Henry. Bill, yeah, yeah, the Bills got to put up more than three points. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you've got to. If you don't put a, if you put up a three spot against the Chargers, put a put a fork in them, they're done. Yeah. Um. Yeah, lots of good matchups. You got the Eagles Buccaneers. Another one that this entire game is just are the Buccaneers for real? Yeah. Was that real? Yeah. Because I don't think you would have if you would have like came up to me and said that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to outduel Drew Brees and win that game and like put money on it, I would have slapped you in the face and been like, "You're crazy." Absolutely. There's absolutely no way Ryan Fitzpatrick is beating Drew Brees and the Saints. But, but this, this he is did. Ryan Fitzpatrick's entire career is short streaks of absolute brilliance. Oh yeah, absolutely. followed by. Dumpster Total fire. garbage. Yeah, dumpster fire. So how the, the only question is how many games is it going to last? Is it one game? Is it two? Is it three? Is it maybe even four? I think I want to say he's had a couple of maybe even four game streaks of being a really good quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And then the wheels fall off. Yeah. So, so who knows? For Jameis' sake, maybe the wheels fall off right at week three or week four when he gets back off his suspension. You kind of hope for it for Jameis because if absolutely because if Fitzpatrick somehow pulls it together for a six game streak, a seven game streak. You might see Jameis like not on the Bucks anymore. It's very possible. Like, 100%. Anything is possible in this league. It's crazy. Uh, and 
he might not even. I, I can see a scenario where that plays out. Jameis Winston is not even a starter come next yeah. season. No, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. You got a big AFC South matchup, in my opinion, between the Texas and uh, excuse me, the Texans and the Titans. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be big later on. Uh, playoff implications. No, absolutely. Uh, later, that that's huge. Yeah, um, yeah. Those are the games I'm looking forward to. How about you, Sam? So my my co- a couple matches I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, would be the rematch of the AFC Championship game last year, Jags versus Pat Patriots. It's going to be in Jacksonville this year. That humidity. Uh, you see Jalen Ramsey running his mouth, but I mean, in absolute ways, he's backed it up. Mm-hmm. Like you saw what he did to last year to Gronk. Gronk was almost not even there on that offense. He's a very talented player. The Jaguars' defense is very talented. Uh, at times, this is like the time when Belichick kind of doesn't have everything put together in the season. It's usually in September when they lose games they probably shouldn't. But I mean, the Jaguars should absolutely get after the, get after the Patriots in this game. They have to. You have to put Tom Brady on his back. Heck, take a couple fifteen yard penalties if you really have to, just to just to mess with the mind. Get after get after him. Absolutely. Then uh, my second matchup that I'm really looking forward to is obviously probably one of the NFL's like greatest rivalries, uh, Cowboys and Giants. Obviously, you got Saquon versus Seek. That that should be a really good matchup as far as like running backs, who's going to outdo who. Um, I think the Giants are going to come out with that victory. I just think uh, the defense for the Cowboys is just kind of like lackluster. But I mean. If the entire Cowboys team was lackluster, <laughs> yeah, because if that if Dak can't get it going, if Zeke can't get it going, who knows when Travis Frederick's gonna get back to, from his freak illness thing that's like had him sidelined for the year. They don't know when he's gonna come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, who on that defense is gonna step up besides Demarcus Lawrence? Because I mean, he's I want to know who cut Dan Bailey. That was the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. When their yeah. kicker's missing yeah. thirty-one yarders. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, key to the Giant for the Giants, they're definitely gonna have to chip whoever's coming at Eric Flowers. Because you saw Calais Campbell absolutely make Eric Flowers look stupid. Well, it's, it's not hard. Yeah, it's not hard. You, you pay a lot of money for Nate Soldier, and you move Eric Flowers to the other side, and it still really didn't pan up. Like, yeah, he had a really good Get block. A defensive player of the year on Eric Flowers. <laughs> yeah. He's done. Yeah, something. Yeah, you got to make sure. To I, I mean, the guys from the U represent. <laughs> represent, represent Eric. We love you. If you're listening out there, Eric Flowers, I love you. You just suck at ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's – yeah. All in all, I do think the Giants ended up coming away with victory. I think I don't think anyone's going to be able to come close to covering Odell in that in that offense. So it should be a nice matchup. Uh, yeah, the only way I mean, with a secondary like that, when you don't have a Jalen Ramsey, which thirty one teams don't, yeah, you you have to press him with a corner and have a safety over the top. All Absolutely, game. you have to. Absolutely. That's the only way to guard Odell Beckham. And even then, he's still going to have a hundred yards and a touchdown. He's just not going to have. 253 so ain't that the truth so now we're gonna jump into our picks for the weekend we're gonna do a another sure thing and an upset which has kind of been like the motto for our our podcast absolutely Uh, my sure thing is gonna be the chargers destroying the bills like i don't think there's any way that josh allen comes into his first start and wins that game uh the chargers i think i think bose is probably gonna play that game he didn't play week one he's gonna get after it melvin ingram's gonna get after it derwin james is probably gonna have a pick probably pick six the Chargers should absolutely roll the Bills in this game. How about I, I got a one off the top of my head? I want to ask you. Okay. Bills offensive scoring, strictly offensive scoring. Okay. Over under seven and a half. From the goose egg they just put against the Ravens, I'm going to go under. <laughs> maybe a field goal. Maybe a field goal. Maybe two field goals. Like I just I just don't see them scoring any points really. Like you saw how they were with Napier. They couldn't move the ball for crap. It was ridiculous. Just turnovers left and right. Got a field goal. Like whoop de doo. But I mean, 
Nick Bo or Bo Joey Bosa is probably gonna have a heyday. Whoever is at quarterback for him, and that secondary is probably gonna get after it too, get some picks. Okay. So my upset for the for this week is gonna be the Lions beating the Niners. With that offensive line that the Niners have put out, they got mauled by, by the Vikings. Like the Vikings are top ten defense in this league, probably top five. They, they got after Jimmy. Like a hurricane. They got after Jimmy G. He had some turnovers. I just first don't think, loss. Yeah, first, first loss as a starter quarterback yeah. for any team in the NFL. True. It's, it's amazing what happens when the games are actually worth it, not at the end of the season where everyone they're playing is yeah. me- mediocre. What was it a five six game win streak? Yeah, seven. Was, yeah, five. I think what it was, was five. It? Something like that. Huh. Like yeah, they beat the Jaguars. It was impressive, whatever it was. Yeah, towards the end. Yeah. So I just think the Lions, like Patricia, has kind of been eh, but I think that the Lions could get after him. Force what a couple is it with Bill Belichick? Okay, and I say this very reluctantly, but I'm going to speak for the masses right now and not myself. What is it with Bill Belichick being one of the greatest coaches to ever touch the game of football? Yeah, and none of his none of his coaching tree works out for nothing. True. Like, look at this: Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss. You got the first time that their OC leaves for Denver. And McDaniels. That was a disaster. I mean, every time Belichick, someone breaks off a of Belichick, it is bad. Uh, and I'm not just talking bad. I'm talking bad, bad. Uh, it's just, uh, it's hard to explain. Because, I mean, like, what, looking, like, honestly, looking at Patricia on the sideline, you just... Vrabel. Like, like Vra- yeah, Vrabel. Vrabel like, just lost his opener. Yeah. Like, like Bill O'Brien, you can kind of say, did yeah, all right. Oh, he went and, like, resurrected Penn State, kind of got them with their whole sanctions and came back to the I already said this. Charlie Weiss. Yeah, I went to Notre Yeah. Dud. So, I mean, like, it's just, I don't really know how to even describe it. Because, I mean, like, Matt Patricia just, like, I don't know. Like, I already heard rumors that veterans in the locker room are not thrilled with him as the head coach. Like, I don't know if he's trying to, like, emulate Bill Belichick and just kind of, like, do everything he did. Or is he just, like, not going to have any of his own, like, pizzazz on it. Uh-huh. Like, it's just been... Like rough for Belichick assistants in the NFL, and there's even in college. It's just and to me that I don't know why you'd hire a head coach when, to me, he maybe was the fourth best coach on the Patriots coaching staff because obviously you got Belichick, you got McDaniel's who has, albeit bad, but head coaching experience, mm-hmm. uh, and then in my personal opinion, their offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia. Oh, absolutely phenomenal, amazing. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And, and on top of it, Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick, he has his roots in the defensive backs coaching. Mm-hmm. That's that's where he came up. So obviously the defense is his thing. He runs that 3-4, uh, but more of a like multiple, multiple hybrid kind of defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of runs a little bit of everything sort of thing. Mostly an odd front, though. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at Matt Patricia as their defensive coordinator, Really, he wasn't the brains of any of that. Oh, God, no. You know he what just, I mean? That's he, all Belichick. Yeah, he just kind of stood there and just Maybe called plays. he calls the plays, yeah. but I'm pretty sure even then Belichick's in his ear. Oh, absolutely. So it's interesting to me that he would have been a head coach candidate. Um, I, I'm sure that Belichick thinks the world of him. I'm sure he's a great guy. And But, yeah, just an interesting yeah. interesting pickup of a head coach. And uh, he was probably due. You know, he, he probably did deserve it. But just – and personally, if I'm an owner hiring a coach, I'm, I might look elsewhere. Yeah, I think it just kind of goes to that whole mindset of, like, they want to take someone from a winner. Yeah, Like, you absolutely. don't necessarily want to think that they're it's, like, all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to think that, obviously, the head coach is going to have a play on all of them throughout the course of their time at 
because like Patricia was the assistant there for like what eleven years, mm-hmm. started out like what as a like, special teamers or something. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know everything about it, but I mean like I think owners just kind of like get like in this mindset if you have to hire coaches from winning like organizations, like I honestly kind of think that you would want to get a guy that kind of has his own way of doing things. It's kind of like really wants to like jolt a locker room because Matt, Matt Patricia looks like he shows no emotions, kind of like Bill Belichick. But I mean, he Bill Belichick is a proven winner and Patricia's just a guy. Yeah, that just called plays last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the last two, like, what is it? The last two games he's been like a coach of. The Patriots gave up what forty three points in the Super Bowl, and then the Lions just gave up forty. Was it forty eight to the Jets? Mm-hmm. Two games have given over forty points, and you're a head coach. It's kind of just like, wow, wow at best. Yeah. So, so what would your are your sure thing in upsets for personally? I don't have a whole lot of love for Fitzmagic. Okay? <laughs> it's great while it lasted, but hey, buddy, you're going and facing a tough, tough Eagles defense, especially that front seven. And basically, you could say front eight when you bring Malcolm Jenkins down into the yeah, box yeah. as probably the best safety in the league right now, I, I'd say. And that's coming from a guy that thinks Rashad Jones is borderline one of the best safeties oh, yeah. as well. Malcolm Jenkins is a phenomenal football player. Uh that's a tough defense to play. That I don't think they can get the running game going. I think Peyton Barber is going to get... Schlacked. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a hell of a day for him. Yeah. And I, I the Eagles are beating the Bucks. That's my sure thing. Yeah. Okay. In short. Yeah. You're upset? The upset is actually going to be... I'm going to take a page out of your book on this one. There's a very particular game. Okay? Okay. We got... Two 0-1 teams. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. An 0-1 team and an 0-0-1 team. Can you guess who I'm talking about? <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. The and... Cleveland Browns. And... Okay, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Superdome, down in New Orleans. I'm taking the Browns. I think that the Saints defense is back to the Saints defense of old. What yeah. I mean by that is they're terrible. Yeah, hoping and that breeze... If yeah, 70 points a game. Drew Brees doesn't throw for 505, then they don't win. And yeah. if he does, then they do win. I think yeah. that's what they're back to. Yeah. Um, that The Saints offense is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Brees, uh, their wide receiver, big guy. Oh, Michael Ohio Thomas? State. Michael Thomas. Michael yeah. Thomas, thank you. That's a great He's huge. He's he's. Fast. Oh he's my a god. He's a pretty crisp route runner got for his size. Ted Ginn too, yeah. taking the top off. Yeah. I mean, holy smokes! You got Kamara out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. You still got um, their other running back on suspension. Ingram. Uh, Ingram's on suspension for the. But that offense is high powered. But I think the Browns are gonna. I think the Browns defense is gonna be stout, which I think they've proven to be already. I oh mean, yeah. Just week one. Yeah. I'm not saying you know they're right any write any fan letters about the Browns' defense and how they're <laughs> going to be great. But yeah. uh, New Orleans is a 9.5 uh, favorite, 9.5-point nine, nine favorite. I think the Browns take that one. Yeah, that's... Or at least tie. <laughs> I'd like to see an 0-0-2 record in the yeah. NFL. I, I think the internet would probably lose their minds if you saw an 0-0-2 team tie twice, like have a, two ties in the same season. What if the Browns go 0-0-16? Then what draft pick do they get? 
<laughs> that's a, that's a bridge that probably will never be crossed in the history of history. But yeah. if it does, I want to see the math to like prove that this is correct. Okay. Like, right. holy cow, that would be something epic. That's like something you'd have to practice on Madden and just try yeah. to tie every single game, yeah. like just to see what it would look like. Absolutely. Because like honestly, nobody in their right mind is gonna think that that's actually gonna happen. But I mean, if it does, wow, just yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. So that covers uh, NFL. For our part for this episode, now we're gonna jump into some baseball. We haven't talked a lot, a lot about baseball, but I mean, a lot of people obviously consider this the time of when re- the real baseball season kicks in because you essentially have got all the teams that are not gonna even touch the playoffs are pretty much out of it. They're just kind of playing like their farm system guys to try to like get them MLB experience and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, we've got. The playoffs, as it would stand right now, you've got Boston in the AL clinching the East. I think they just got they haven't, over. They haven't clinched the division yet. I haven't clinched the division, but they've clinched a playoff, playoff spot. Not, that is my fault. I apologize. They, they're on top of the East. The Indians are on top of the Central. The Houston Astros are on top of the West, the World Series champs. And you got the Yankees and A's in the wild card slot with uh, Seattle and Tampa Bay. Both just came in today at nine games back of the wild card spot. Uh, then you got the National League with Atlanta and t- on top of the East. Then you got the Cubs in the lead of the Central and the Colorado Rockies head in the West with the Brewers and Cardinals in the wild card slots. And you have on the bubble, you've got the Dodgers. They just won today. They're one game back. I think they're one and a half games back of Colorado for the division, but they're one back, or they might be even with the uh, Cardinals in the wild card slot. And then you got the Arizona Diamondbacks right now, as from MLB.com, are four games back. Okay. It's it's coming down to the wire. It really is. I mean, this is like what baseball is all about, being like the long season that it is. I don't necessarily agree with how the schedule works, but I do like the length of it because it takes a good chunk of the season to really get see who is like the premier teams. So, I mean, we've seen like any team like the Oakland Athletics. We You honestly could have told me like probably in July that they were not going to even compete for a playoff spot. Right. And they went on like a 30-game like really good solid 30 game streak not necessarily winning all 30 games but they went on their over under of wins to start the year had to have been like 40 yeah if that (laughs) if that that. and now they're in the thick of the al wild card and i mean yeah they won 40 games i feel like the end of june (laughs) yeah it just they just kept winning and winning that's honestly why the baseball season is so long but i mean like i don't like we can go on this a different time but like i just don't agree with the scheduling but i mean it truly like baseball truly gets it like i think right like, the best teams do get into the playoffs. I mean, if it's within, like, a game or two games, like, the best teams usually get to the playoffs, and that's just what we've seen throughout the course of Major League Baseball. Absolutely. Um, now you got, uh, for the Yankees, Aaron Judge, they just activated him yeah. off the DL. Yeah, that'll be uh, nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, quote from uh, the Yankee skipper Aaron Boone was that, excuse me, um, or actually, Luis Severino, he was, he was pulled after 84 pitches the other day and was quite upset with that hmm. he he was not happy at all and i guess there's a little bit of riffraff between him and boone and uh to quote boone or all this chapman will be back sometime this week this week now so the yankees getting much needed help but a much needed time oh yeah absolutely uh i did not know this the colorado rockies have never won the nl west correct i did not know that until i was watching sports center the other night thank you scott van pelt yep shout out scott Vance. svp man you the man so just kind of like to talk a little bit more about this final month of the season, like just kind of how the playoffs are looking. We're just going to go through, uh, determine, like determine between the two of us, like if they'll stand the way they are or if we'll see a lot of changes. 
Uh, for the most part, I think the AL is absolutely set. Like, I don't see Seattle or, uh, who is it, Tampa. I don't see them climbing the ranks and getting into the playoffs. I think the AL is pretty much set. Now, going over this last month of the season, uh, there'll probably be some changes as far as, like, uh, like maybe the AL West will change. Like, maybe the A's might sneak in over the Houston Astros for that, like, wild card. One but either wild card. way, they're just switching wild card for wild card for division winner. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the overall playoff teams are going to stay the same. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Obviously, for very selfish reasons, I'd like to see the uh, A's fall off and Seattle get close and uh, actually overtake the Yankees so we can have a wild card game in Seattle and I can see the Yankees beat the brakes off them again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing for you. Um, but like to flip it over to the National League, the National League is a little bit more close, more content, like more contended. Like obviously with teams on the bubble, like the Dodgers are just like one and a half games I think behind the Rockies for that division crown. So I mean. The mindset obviously would be to win the division so you don't have to worry about the wild card, but I mean, like, they're right there just the game. Like, honestly, if they win tomorrow, they overtake the Cardinals for that wild card spot. Yeah. And as the season goes on, like, them, the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies all have series against each other. So, like, that division is going to be a nice little race as far as, like, the last couple weeks of the season goes on, and it'll be just a, like a nice fight down to the end. I mean, can the Dodgers win? I think it's, it would be their sixth NL West championship in the in this in this year so who knows it'll it'll be a nice come to the end so absolutely um yeah i couldn't agree more i like i said i'd like to see seattle get up there so we can have a playoff game with seattle other than that um i mean boston's the team to beat right now right yeah absolutely they're they're phenomenal chris sales coming back off the dl like it's boston if you're a Boston fan, it's great because you're the team to be. If you're any other team, even in the NL, Boston just has a huge target on their back. Oh, basically. absolutely. Everyone absolutely. wants to beat Boston. Yeah. they're. I think they're by far the best team in baseball right now. That really tastes terrible coming out of my mouth. You're going to have to wash out with some mouthwash yeah, or something like yeah, that. I yeah, I need some Listerine after this episode. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, Boston's team to beat, period. So, obviously, we're going to think of AL, Boston, probably come out for the World Series contender. Like, the NL is a little bit more up in arms. Who would you go for in the NL to take it all? Personally, I think the Braves. I think the Braves are a talented young team yeah. that are going to be really tough to, to out in a best-of-seven series. True. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I honestly agree with you, too. Like, the Cubs, obviously, a lot of people know that the Cubs are going to – be firing on all cylinders when it comes back, comes down to it. Like it's just honestly going to. I think it's not going to come down to management. It's like Joel Madden is. Well, a lot of people would argue that he was out coached in that World Series they won against uh, Francona. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I think it'll come down to coaching. Obviously, like you don't really see hear that much in baseball. It's just kind of like with all the moves they make, it's just this big, huge game of chess, really. But I think that uh, you mean it'll come down to the managers. Managers, yes, that's my bad. <laughs> not, not coaches. Got to be all technical and stuff. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the Braves will probably push through. Like, I think if in a game in seven game series, I'll probably go between them and the Cubs. I just think that the other teams are not just like not like on all cylinders quite yet. Like the Cardinals, you saw they were really they were really bad in the beginning. Then they also went on like a similar streak like the A's did. If they don't make it, like obviously it's like really good for the manager to get like experience of getting in that playoff race and all that good stuff, and like it's good for their young talent. But I just don't think I, I think they'll be a bounce. Then the Brewers, it's kind of just like you don't know who's gonna, like, who they are really, because like Brian Braun's a very talented player, but like other than that, you don't really hear much for the Brewers. Roids. 
<laughs> uh, and you got asterisk. Asterisk, asterisk next to everything in baseball as steroids like Bonds, asterisk. McGuire, asterisk. Sosa, asterisk. Giambi, asterisk. All right. Well, that essentially rounds up baseball for us. I think we're gonna probably wrap this episode up. Uh, what What do we have? One week until the puck drops. Yeah, NHL's getting hey, right around the corner, guys. Any NHL fans out there? I can strap in. Yeah, basketball is about right around the corner. Uh, how's MLS going? Like, I know you're more of a soccer fan than I am. How is the MLS looking? Uh, personally, I'm more of a European soccer fan, and okay. all all those. I, I don't keep up with the MLS much. Um, I'm I'm personally a Manchester United fan, hey. and I know that they've started out pretty darn rocky. Uh, their manager Jose Mourinho has not been a fan favorite. He runs a very interesting type of football that, let's just say, it's not high scoring and uh, really not what the fans want. Some very interesting decisions on who they've kept and who they've signed and who they haven't signed mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, so they were, you know, they're basically a lock for the top four, and a lot of people had them in the top two in the Premier League, and they've they've started out started out pretty rough. At their first game, they lost to Burnley, and uh, yeah, they were not supposed to lose to them. So that's that's all the update I got for you on the FIFA front. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the uh, Argentina coach is on his hands and knees begging Lionel Messi to come back. <laughs> uh, isn't the uh, is it the Champions League? Isn't that coming up soon? Something along the lines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Starting again, so um, and qualifying for it, qualifying for it mostly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's a great time to be a sports fanatic. Obviously, like anytime, like playoff baseball's around the corner. Basketball, hockey, all that good stuff. Like again, shout out to all the listeners that have listened into the Crop and Gap podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. Obviously, didn't get to an episode last week, but we're gonna push forward and get more episodes on the books. Uh, again, listener questions. Like we appreciate the listener question today. Uh, anybody that wants to write into the Crop and Gab podcast, it's a uh, Crop and Gab podcast at gmail.com, All lowercase, no spaces, no special characters, not like SF. And uh, and follow uh, us on Twitter. Yeah, we actually have a Twitter up. It's Crop and Gab at Crop and Gab Pod, one word. Uh, you can tweet at us. Uh, any listener questions? Anything you guys can come up with. We'd appreciate it. We love talking sports, so we'd obviously love to hear from y'all as the fans. So, uh, obviously, you can catch us on Anchor and Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Uh, any of those platforms have us on there. And uh, well, we're going to probably break it down for the last little section of the Crop and Gab podcast, episode four, coming to a conclusion. So, Tyler Gabby Gabbard out. Crop out, baby.